Welcome back, good people. Sorry, I have been a little MIA lately. I had the um, last podcast with Aaron Hip. That was, I think, a great success. Um, uh, Aaron's a very knowledgeable guy, amazing shooter, and cool dude. Always wanted to help people. And uh, his his tuner is pretty kick ass. So um, I think it went well. Um, it, uh, it was good. It was good having him on. Um, I've got some uh, podcasts coming up in the future. I just gotta nail down when. Um, talked to uh, Jacob Bynum again uh, last week while I was on vacation, and he wants to do another podcast. So. Be looking out for that, and that then brings me to my next point. If you have something that you would like to ask the king, if you have something, a question for Jacob, um, do me a favor and comment on the Podbean app and uh, enlist your question. Um, when it comes to shooting, I don't really know a whole lot of a whole lot of people that are going to have more answers than than Mr. Bynum. Jacob is, I mean, I'm not telling, I don't believe anybody in this podcast anything that they don't already know. Because I'm sure if you've been around Precision Rifle any length of time, you know who Jacob Bynum is in Rifles Only. So, um, anyway, yeah, so if you have any specific questions you'd like me to ask, um, uh, I'm more than willing to ask. Uh, for you um i got a podcast uh somewhere in the pipeline with uh Derek love um got one with my good friend uh scott whitehead and scott i'm sure you're listening to this uh scott if you're not familiar with him if you're not in the north carolina virginia area um in case you don't know who he is he is a phenomenal competitive shooter and uh, a wealth of knowledge. Um, he is one of the uh, of best targets um, that they sell steel targets. Uh, and he also works for NASCAR, I believe. Um, and uh, yeah, he could put down some sushi too, bro. We went and ate sushi uh, before a match last year and he put it down, son. I was fucking amazed. The sushi this dude can put down. Um, but besides that, he, he's a great guy. When you talk about knowledge, and especially in the competition realm, and even more especially in the uh, the mental aspect of the game, there's there's not not many more people than I, that I know that probably have more to add to the conversation than Scott. And Scott's he came to me and he wants to be on and I'm thrilled to have him on and and to pick his brain some and and for you guys to get a little bit um, from it as well. I mean I hope you get a lot of it. Um, hope you get just as much as more than than I do from it. But I'm equally as excited to learn in that podcast with with Scott. Um, he is one of the the most generous people in the sport. Uh, he's a gamer. If you don't. <laughs> If you don't specify in the rules, Scott is going to find every legal loophole and he's going to crush it and he shoots well. Uh, but besides that, that's not what makes him so uh, successful. His just his knowledge base in shooting and in especially in the competition realm uh, is I mean, it's vast and he, he's he's going to be a big um, contributor to to the sport and i just think scott just needs a louder voice meaning just to be able to reach more because he's got so much that i know that scott could relay and to teach to people um he just hasn't tried to do it on a large scale uh, he's a busy guy i mean he's busy as shit but hopefully i can i you know we can get into some topics that are going to help a lot of people um uh, who else do I got? Um, I still got to get Theus on and, uh, we'll be getting him on sometime or another. He's probably the busiest man I know. Um, but we'll get that nailed down. So we're going to have some good stuff coming. It's just this, you know, it's the time of year, man. It's summertime. Um, you got all this COVID shit going on and you know, we're at the river a lot. 
because there's not a whole lot you can fucking do during this, you know, COVID-19 bullshit. Um, other than, I mean, we're fortunate enough to have a house, uh, about 45 minutes from here on the Pamlico river. And, uh, we enjoy that. We got a beach and you know, all that stuff. And I've still got my boat on order, still hasn't gotten here. And I'm excited. I get my boat, um, because drum drum season is right around the corner. And if I don't have my boat before drum season gets started, I'm going to be fucking livid. Anyway, uh, what else do we got? So tonight's beer is an old trusty Mother Earth Long Weekend, and in my awesome Just Effincent Podcast koozie. Delicious. All right. Um, I've got an array of topics to talk about tonight. Um, nothing super precision rifle heavy. Um, we'll get into that first. That way, if you don't want to hear my you know, rants and rambles on about these other topics, then um, you can just turn it off from there. Um, T-shirts and koozies still available. They are Phoenician gray. It's, I don't even know really what kind of... It's a dark gray, but it's not like a gray gray, if that makes sense. It's not like a shark gray. I don't know. It's fucking Phoenician gray, but they're kick-ass. I actually think I like them more than I did than I did the um, OD green ones. Yeah, they're really cool. Um, but t-shirts and koozies still available. $25 shipped for a t-shirt um, and then uh, $2 for a koozie. You know, Sam Burns with Accuracy Obsession told me I was stupid for listing the koozies for $2. They should have been more, but I was like, look, these these are really just promotional things. The the I don't really plan to make a whole bunch of money. I don't give a shit. Um, I just want people who, you know, want a t-shirt and, and you know, I'm just walking advertisement to, to be able to have a, a cool t-shirt. It's a, it's a high quality t-shirt, uh, 25 bucks shipped. Um, it costs about between five to $9, depending on where you are in the country. Um, and then if you order more, I still charge $5 for the shipping and it ends up, you know, being more. But uh, it's okay. I'm all right with that. $2 for the koozies, you know, that covers what I paid. There's a deer right outside. Hell yeah. There's a deer right outside. Is that a buck? Pause that. Pause. All right, I'm back. Yeah, wow. Okay, I've got two shooters that are... They're still out there right now. I got two shooter bucks that I let go last year. They are literally... 81 yards for me as I sit right now. And it's still, I mean, it's only fucking 8 o'clock, 8, 10. And it's, I mean, plenty daylight. And, yeah, there's chilling literally 10 yards from the edge of my driveway. Um, anyway, that's cool. I haven't seen them this close to the house this early yet. But you know how it is. Once deer season comes in, they got a damn calendar just like we do. Um, anyway, what was I talking about? Um, I think the shirts and stuff. Uh, yeah, so whatever, $25 shipped a uh, piece. And then, uh, well, I guess I do add the five, 25 for two It's 50. So yeah, I pay files, but yeah, that's about right. Okay. It works out good. Um, the koozies, uh, two bucks just, I mean, they're cool, man. I've been giving them, well, if you bought more than one shirt, I probably threw a koozie in there and then I've been throwing decals in there as well. So, um, not charging for the decals. So Anyway, um, yeah, yeah, I'll get a t-shirt koozie if you want one. Sorry, man, those deer just kind of fucked me up. I just saw them through my window, and I hadn't seen them this close. Let's see. Next on the agenda. Um, all right. Oh, so the, the AI, my AI dasher barrel. Um, I, I've gotten a hundred, I've got a match coming up, not this coming up weekend, next weekend, um, went to the war match in West Virginia and plan on shooting my dasher, uh, in the AI and I've got a hunt exactly 141 rounds in the barrel. I would typically like to have 200 on there just to make sure, you know, not every barrel, it's not like hundred rounds or 125 or 150 or 200. There's not a specific number where it levels off, but I have not even chronoed this barrel yet. I've shot some fireforming lows to fireform some virgin brass. And then, 
I've shot a handful of my current load um, from my John Hancock dasher. And I think it shot well. I mean, only at 100. Um, I haven't even shot this dasher barrel with dasher loads at distance yet. I've shot it with fire forming loads at distance, and it just bug holed with those little 95 uh, TMKs. But um, I think it shot okay at 100. I'm trying to remember, but the problem was that day, it was so miragey. The mirage was so bad that just the target at 100 was moving around. I, mean, I backed it down all the way down to like 10 power. And I, I mean, yeah, I can shoot a good group at 10 power, but I can shoot a much better group at, you know, more magnification. So I didn't really judge anything based off of it. If you remember, my goal is to be able to shoot uh, the same load, same ammo through both guns and nothing be different. They're used with the same reamer. They are headspace to the half foul. Um, so they're one's a seven and a half and one's a seven twist. So, um, and then they're different lengths. This one is 26. My uh, Hancock dasher barrel is a 27. So I was going about 29, 46, I believe, with the 27 inch barrel with 31.8 grains of argot. I'm guessing this one's going to be around that 29 once it finishes speeding up. Um, I bet it'll land between the 2900 to 2915-ish, which I'm completely okay with. As long as the um, spreads are, you know, equivalent, because I think I had an SD of like three um, on, on five or ten round strings, super low SDs, uh, and groups are good, I'm happy with it. So... Um, we'll see. I just need to go out there and shoot on a, in a late afternoon where it's not so much mirage and, and seeing how she's at and chrono it. So that's kind of nice to know before a match, but on that, I will say this is probably going to be the least prepared that I've been for a match in a while. And I know coming off of the truck cast with, um, on the way home post, pig river match us me and jeff were both talking about you know we need to go and shoot some 308 shoot some 223 you know just get some reps in and you know work i have done fucking none of that and you know like i mentioned a minute ago it's summertime things are busy i've honestly mean him both me and jeff both have got fishing on the brain um in fact speaking of which jeff caught his first marlin on his boat yesterday he caught a blue marlin probably in that Actually, his wife caught it. He leadered it. So he's captain in the boat. I mean, in reality, that's who catches the fish. The guy that finds them and the guy that, that you know, lands them. Um, no no offense, Melissa. You you killed it. Um, because, because don't get me wrong, the angler can fuck shit up easily. Um, but uh, she, she did awesome. And uh, – Okay, it just fucking skipped. I don't know what the hell's going on in this thing. Uh, anyway, uh, we got it on video. Um, I'll uh, I'll post. I think I'll post it to the uh, the Facebook group, the uh, podcast Facebook group. Um, but uh, he was boosted. Jeff was fucking boosted. Um, you can tell in his voice he was. And um, not to put much of his business out there in the street, but uh, Jeff's uh, father passed away last year and Jeff's dad was like his best friend and the thing they loved to do together amongst other things but the thing they really loved to do together was was hunting fish and um they had never they had never caught a billfish on their boat much less they I don't even know if they'd even seen one before at least not a marlin um on their boat uh and and then Jeff Jeff landed one leadered it had her had her by the bill and uh i know bruce uh just dad is proud of him and this one's for you bruce and i'm drinking jeff's favorite beer as well so this one's to you too jeff um but yeah we're both i don't even, i don't even know if jeff has even touched his damn rifle since at least i've done some dry firing motherfucker uh <laughs> 
<laughs> I doubt he's even touched his rifle yet. Um, but uh, we we've got some. Yeah, it's going to be a tough match for sure. I mean, uh, Peacemaker isn't, I've never shot there, but from talking to the people that I know have shot there a lot, it's, it's not a cakewalk. It's, it's tough. Um, and I, I know Drew's going to put on a, a tough, uh, course of fire. Um, so I've got you know, the finished finalized. Yay. This thing is shooting equally as good. Or, nay, I need to do something different. If I have to do something different, given I'm not going to work up a whole nother load for it, not to mention I've got 85 rounds left over from the last match that I'm going to shoot. If I don't shoot this load in this uh, this barrel, then I'm probably just throwing the six Creedmoor barrel back on and rolling with it. I don't know. I might take the Hancock, but I'm really enjoying um, this chassis. And I love the foundation stock, but man, this this accuracy obsession chassis is a literal, and I hate the fucking term game changer because it's so overplayed and overhyped, but I don't know what else to call it other than a game changer for AI shooters. Um, I love it. It just feels like a perfectly fitted glove when I've run it in on any type of support you know barricade or whatnot i it's i can't i can't express enough how awesome this chassis is so um i'm going to be running the ai i don't know hell i might even shoot my 6.5 cream more i got a case of that uh bur uh the burger loaded ammo with the 140 hybrids i haven't even cracked that box open yet but hell i may go old school and shoot 6.5 cream more i haven't done that in about a year and a half or so um but uh Either way, it's going to be fun. It's going to be an awesome trip. I had one thing I'm going to do. I am the night before, I, well, the whole day before and the night before, I'm going to drink a ton of like water and Gatorade um, and a couple of beers. I'm not going to make the same mistake as I did in Virginia where I about died in the heat. Um, I didn't even know if I was going to shoot on Sunday because I felt so bad saturday night in the hotel and even sunday morning i felt bad but about three stages in four stages in i started to kind of get under my feet or get on my feet and and feeling good um so uh i i will not make that mistake again uh but about the dasher in the ai now there's a thread going on right now on snipers hide about uh ai stuff and then oh, someone i uh, forgot the title of it like what what made you get an ai or what uh, is your favorite thing about i don't know how it's worded but anyway ais are notorious for 100 percent reliable feeding uh and extraction and ejection um and they had a problem with extraction and ejection but uh, the feeding on anything 308 based, whether that be 308, uh, 47 Lapua, whether it be 6 or 65, 6 or 65 Creedmoor, uh, 6 um, XC, anything of that like full size short action cartridge, you're not going to have any issues with feeding. Period. Um, when you get into the smaller BR variants, and even GT. GT was, I had high hopes for. I didn't, didn't buy one um, and definitely had no intention to now. But GT was kind of a letdown simply because, A, people are running into pressure early. And that might be a brass issue. Um, but they're running into pressure earlier than what was um, advertised, I guess. Um, but also the biggest problem, well, look, you know, just shoot it slow. That would be fine. I would take dasher speed, even with more powder, but dasher speed, um, with a, maybe a hair bit more of recoil than dasher because it is more powder. Uh, as long as it fed as good as like a 308 base cartridge would, it doesn't. Okay. Um, I've talked to a handful of people that I know personally that shoot the GT and they're having to run mag kits with it. I mean, wasn't that the whole allure of the GT is basically a dasher without the mag kits? 
or feeding issues. Right? That was the biggest thing is it was advertised on was it was its feeding, right? Well, the feeding isn't there or the, the reliable, unassisted by you know, mag kits or whatever feeding is not there. For every one person that says that their GT feeds perfectly as good as anything else does without a mag kit, I can show you eight people who say bullshit. It feeds just like a dasher does. Um, the AI in general, I mean, it was a 100% purpose built rifle. The, the AX short action or AT or AW or AE, they were all made to shoot 308 and then 260 and three, you know, six, five Creedmoor, all these other rounds feed just like 308 does. Um, so they're no issue, but they were never designed around shooting Dasher, BR, BRX, whatever. Um, so there's a little, they're not plug and play. Okay. My, um, my Hancock feeds my Dasher basically plug and play. I've never had a feeding issue with it. Um, and amongst other custom actions, I've never had an issue, uh, or there's tons of actions out there that have zero issues, big horns, uh, ultimatums, impacts. I mean, you name it, that everybody's got a Dasher in it. Well, the AI is a little different. Um, you know, the team AI guys, they, all shoot BR, I believe, like just straight BR. And there could be something to the 30 degree shoulder versus a 40 degree shoulder. There could be in feeding. Um, but uh, that it is not plug and play. So we have um, the PVA. I think they even use the PVA um, spacer and then cut the factory follower like you're supposed to. Um, I have two of those that feed the best. Um, and I have an HRD. I had an HRD kit that wouldn't feed with a dam, and I've got one that feeds pretty good with complete doctoring of the follower spring. Um, but uh, it, even still, with all of my three mags that I have that work, um, if around the seventh or eighth round, I um, if I feed it slow there's a good chance that seventh or eighth one, it will pop up prematurely. And then the, the bullet will actually go straight up and, um, and just jam up inside of the action, uh, up there at like the 12 o'clock in the action. Um, and then after that is mayhem. Um, so, but if with that said, and this was Jonathan Roberts, team AI shooters, a friend of mine, um, oh, they're another one, him and hopefully Scott Sigmund, um, the VP of AI North America, they're going to be coming on the podcast soon. Um, anyway, you know, he told me, he said, look, feed it fast and tell me what you see. So I was like, all right, well, shit. I don't, I was going to ask, I asked him if he would, if I could send him, I said, look, let me send you my fucking mags and then see if they do the same in your rifle. And if they do, do whatever you do to your mags. And he's like, all right, I'll have no problem doing that. By all means, I'll do it. But before you take the time and send them to me, feed it fast. I was like, all right. Because I feed, depending on the situation, if it's on a barricade or something like that, I typically feed, feed it fast anyway, you know, all of my rifles. But when I'm prone, I don't. Um, but I'll be damned. I have since just consciously feeding it fast uh on the on the forward stroke i haven't had a single misfeed so that's just what it's going to be hey i'm gonna run this bolt fast and you know go from there um as long as i do that i feel very confident that i'm not going to have any feeding issues so we'll see i mean i haven't shot this barrel or i haven't shot a dash or my ai under match settings yet we will so that will be remain to be seen, but um, we'll, we'll find that out in West Virginia. Um, let's see what else. If there's anything other AI related? Um, no. Uh, let's see which I want to go touch on next. I'm gonna touch on all right. One thing that really doesn't have a whole lot to do with the other, but we're gonna do this first. 
Has anyone, any of you guys seen, what were they called again? The NFAC? The NFAC. Okay. This is a group <laughs> in, I believe it was Georgia is where they were. Is a group of, of African-American, which I would beg to you know, say that they uh, probably don't consider themselves the American part, which is fine. Um, but they were all fucking dressed up in like black tactical. And I say tactical. I'm in, I'm in huge fucking air quotes that you can't see. A bunch of airsoft shit. With like black berets and black face mask and, you know, combat boots and all this stuff. And they were marching around. I mean, they had a big number. They had a good show. And it was probably a couple hundred. And they're all armed. Okay. Every one of them had a firearm of some sort. And they're walking around 100% with goals of intimidating the people of the area. Okay, and I know that because there's video of them walking up to a guy that's like stopped in traffic and a white dude in a minivan. And we're talking shit to him. He was respectful and didn't say anything. He kind of asked questions like, hey, like, what are you guys? He says, I done told you what we are. We're the we're a black we're the black militia. And uh, I don't know if he told them specifically they are the NFC. Now, if you don't know what if you're wondering here what NFC. NFAC stands for it's the not fucking around coalition. Let me say that again. The name of their militia is the not fucking around coalition. All right, my podcast name is a just F and send it, which obviously is just fucking send it, right? I am not meant to be taken seriously in this podcast. I am not representing anything of any serious matter. Okay. So I can have the word effing or fucking in the name of my thing here. And there's no problems. You cannot expect people to take you seriously. If the word part of the acronym is fucking. I mean, I, you can't make this shit up, man. I mean, they, actually, they do look made up. They look like a bunch of actors that were paid to do this and were given all this airsoft shit. So these guys were walking around in, like I said, everything was black tactical gear, right? Like they went and raided LAPoliceGear.com with everything black they had. Not even that. That's got They actually got good shit on their website. I don't even know what some it looked like a bunch of larping, you know, tactical larpers. But they had plate carriers without the plates. They didn't have a they had like pouches, like I mean you could have put juice boxes in them. I don't know what the fuck was in. They want mags. They I didn't see a single spare mag. I did see a spare rifle. One of the guys in the video with talking to the guy in the minivan, he was holding two semi-automatic rifles in like the same in the same manner of holding one right so his left hand was holding the hand guards and I, somehow or another he was i guess holding both of the pistol grips with his right hand so if homeboy in the minivan whipped out the fucking yeet cannon he couldn't have shot him with either one of them the way he had him right like who are you intimidating are you are you trying to be like rambo with two m60s I mean, who are you scaring, right? And they're all talking about, you know, you know, black power, black power, which is the norm. But, um, you know, they're these guys are are absolutely comical. The still shot, the photo of the Bama that's got the semi-auto 22LR with the shitty ass drum mag with a an an actual jam, a, an active jam. The bolt is stopped with a sideways 22 long rifle coming out the side of it. And he's in there looking around like he's fucking Billy Badass walking around with a jam. Okay. There's the gear. I mean, they somebody bought all of this shit at one time on a budget. 
Like they had a budget in mind. Hey, we need to outfit these guys. Let's find the scariest shit we can find, but we own a budget. Because there was a bunch of folks. There, they had a big, big numbers, right? And they bought the cheapest shit. Scopes were on sideways or backwards. Uh, there. I mean, it was like a bad movie producer. Like we've all seen in movies where, like, or what was it? Walking Dead. Somebody had uh, an AR and it didn't have any sights on it. Like there was no iron sights. There was no front post. There was no, no there was nothing on it. So it was a flat top AR. <laughs> it's the same producer who did that shit. The ones who put this debacle together. There's another video where this guy claims to be the leader, the founder of the NFAC. Uh, he didn't give his name. He's an older, when I say older, I mean, he's not a kid. He's probably in his 50s, I guess. Said, no, very, very militant. He said that, you know, we're all ex-military. Which, probably not. I saw photos. I saw the videos, bro. No, you're not. We're all expert shooters. All right, if you use the self-described term of an expert shooter, those were the words you say. You're not an expert shooter. You're an expert bullshitter, but not an expert shooter. Um, And he says that they're demanding that the U.S. carve them out a piece of land to make their own nation. And that every black person in America should be deemed a political hostage until... We have carved, he said, we'll take Texas. And he said it just like that. He said, like, the, like hey, 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 we'll take Texas type, type situation. And then he said, and if you don't, don't say nothing when we exit us out of here. Da, 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 da. Don't try to stop us. Dog, ain't nobody stopping you from going anywhere, motherfucker. Um, <laughs> he said, we're going to find somewhere, go somewhere else that will give us our land. Oh, look, let me just. Let me save you some some uh, Greyhound bus money, homie. There's nowhere on planet Earth is that is going to give you or anyone else free land to carve out as your own nation. Okay? M- let me say that one more time. There is nobody on this godforsaken planet that is going to give you one square foot of Earth for you to deem your own nation. Period. Okay? It's not. It's, it's not. Like, that's going to be a hard pass. It's going to be a no from me. Alright? It's it's not happening. Okay? So, came up with these demands. He wouldn't tell. He wouldn't. Do, that someone asked him, like, how long have you been uh, an organization? He said, we don't get out that information. Alright? Like some super secretive shit, right? So, and there's another video of during the march, a guy takes a bullhorn and I guess, I'm not sure who he was talking to. I'm guessing it was all white people, but he said to all you boog boys and all the rest of you cracker motherfucking rednecks, whatever slurs he, three percenters and whatever slur he could think of. We're out here. Where's your 4th of July? Where's your... Whatever, like, why are we not walking out of their houses? Why are they not walking out of their houses and just smoke checking them right then? Um, probably because, one, if that had been white people, that many white people walking down a street armed with masks in quote unquote, big air quotes, tactical gear, and especially with inciting violence like that, bro. We'd have every badge in the state at the scene ready to take all of us to jail, period. So y'all talk, that's some privilege right there that you just got, all right? But second of all, where you chose is not where you would get said fight. So conveniently enough, um, now I am not, these guys are obviously, they're, if they're serious, like, if this isn't put on by somebody else, which, who fucking knows today in 2020, uh, these guys are claiming they want a race war. Okay? 
I do not want that. And 99.9% of America does not want that. 99.999% of the African-American community does not want that. And the equal amount of the white community does not want that. Okay? But if said race war were to happen, dog, it would take one person from only 200 yards away to to make you completely scatter your entire group of 200 i don't care how many you had you would scatter it would take one pipe hitting freaking skinhead there's a deer hunter to just shoot in that crowd and would hit every time because of how tight they were together you know they were I mean let's put it this way they were like like elements four wide five wide and then lined behind you know um dude it's like shooting literally like shooting fish in a barrel um and it's it would be bad it'd be bad news for them and i, I don't want that um and people before anybody says like oh you just don't like black people second amendment absolutely not the guns they have as crappy and inoperable they probably are I'm glad they have them. They should have them. Just don't go in public brandishing them in wilts inciting violence against a, specific, against a specific group of people. Don't do it. And if it were white people doing that for any reason at all, I would say the same fucking thing. Don't do it. A, it's bad taste. B, you're asking for more problems than you want to deal with. And see, you're going to cause problems for everybody else. Um, but, I mean, they tell this guy, you know, he's, uh, you know, I, I, I'm your worst nightmare. Like, you better get on out here with that white denial before it costs you your life. That right there, that sentence right there would cause me to put it in drive, turn left towards them, and hit the gas. Uh, because, hey, they just threatened my life. There's 200 people here with guns and tactical gear. You know, yelling at me, telling me that I owe them reparations. He says that. Where's our reparations? He didn't say nothing. The white guy didn't say nothing. He's like, that's what I thought. Um, you just like to rape and pillage and and I don't know what the fucking shit he says that we do. And then he says, what did I do to you? What did I do? He said, you didn't do anything. It was your ancestors. He's like, oh, well, I don't. He said, no, no, no. You benefit from it. So I want my reparations. And, you know, get your cracker ass out of here, basically. I just, we all know, I don't even have to say this. We all know what it would be like if the roles were reversed. Okay. We all know that. Um, and, and I don't want that to happen. I, and, and rightfully so. If any group of anybody were marching down a street armed with, you know, loaded firearms, um, even ones that are jammed, um, and were calling out on a bullhorn for the people of that area or any people to come out and have, Basically, a war on an American road street in a, there's a residential neighborhood. Uh, I don't give a fuck who you are. You need to go to jail. Okay? Period. If it were white people, if it was Hispanic people, if it was Asians, rooftop Koreans, I don't give a fuck who it is. If you're doing that, you need to go to jail. Or at least get your ass kicked. Um, but you're, they're asking for a fight they don't want. And I don't, I don't want anybody to give it to them either. They're just, they're silly, okay? I can't take you seriously. You're silly. You can talk all the big, tough shit you want to. You're silly at the end of the day. Um, and I don't pay attention to silly. Whenever my son is saying absolutely ridiculous things, and I don't feel like listening to him, I said, Jackson, you're being silly. Stop. Like, I'm not listening. I'm not listening to your silliness. I, I feel the same exact way. You're being silly. I'm, I'm treating you and looking at you like I would a kid saying foolish things. You're, you're silly. Um, but, um, man, this can't, this, uh, this brings me to my next topic of this cancel culture. Holy shit. I'm not, I listed a, uh, Ben Shapiro's latest podcast today and it was all about cancel culture and oh my God. Like, first of all, let me put this out there. If you don't like what I'm saying, try to cancel me, motherfucker. Um, I've got my own shit and I don't, there's nothing you can do. I work for myself. 
you can't hurt me. So you can cancel me, whatever you want. If you want to holler at me, you know, hit me on, hit me in the DMs. I'll give you my phone number. I'll give you my address. I don't give a shit. You can't cancel me. Um, but uh, the, the cancel culture is fucking real. And it brings me to my next topic, which is um, they tried to cancel. They wanted to cancel the 4th of July. And to me, that that's sad because the 4th of July is my, it is my favorite holiday. Um, in case nobody knew, I have a tattoo sleeve down my, from my right shoulder down to my wrist. And from my elbow down to my wrist is a draped uh, Betsy Ross flag. Um, and uh, amongst other things, um, I, inside my forearm is a map of North Carolina. And on top of it has a musket crossed with a feathered pin. Because a, a pin and a gun is how we got our freedom from a tyrannical power, a tyrannical entity. And... Uh, Anyway, um, it, it's, it's, to me, it's as an American, it's the most important holiday because yes, I, I will be the first one to recognize the shortcomings of our country. Um, because even yes, at that time, slavery was a thing. Um, and it's, it's sad that, that, that hurts me that that was a thing. Um, because that was the, you know, most important day in in American history was the day that we became a nation and then fought as a nation. And you know, I take the Fourth of July. You know, I, I like to have fun, party, and drink, and I did on the beach and watch fireworks uh, down in my river house and watch fireworks and everything. But you know, deep down, I know I know how I feel about the Fourth of July, what it means to me. Um, and I I hate that some people in this country feel like it's not for them um because it might not have been for them at the time but you know a lot of people died on both sides to a lot of died to ensure that the 4th of July was for you you know, uh, almost exactly, well, 90 years later from the time this was signed. Um, and it has been ever since for you. Um, th- this country, it is the greatest, it's the greatest country on the planet, bar none. And for that, I'm grateful, thankful, and proud. And I don't apologize for it. But it is also a country that is far from what it once was. It's far from what it was intended to be in 2020. And I mean, through this COVID shit, we see it um, amongst everything else. And it, it really it really hurts my heart that that's what this country has has come has de- has devolved to since, you know, 1776. Um you know, we're still a baby in the terms of the world and in a nation. And we have done a pretty good job at righting wrongs. Now, no, it doesn't include reparations. If you could go and get money from the slave owners and plantation owners, and then you have it, I'd be all for it. But I know for fact, none of my ancestors, none of anybody in my family tree in history since immigrating here, a long, long time ago, nobody ever owned a single person. They barely owned anything. Um, in fact, my current generation, my current family, between me and my dad and my, my brothers, we are the wealthiest. And I'm not wealthy. I'm very fortunate, but I'm not wealthy and by any means. But I'm exponentially more wealthy than anybody who came before, even my dad. You know, my dad's got a ninth grade education. Um, his dad died when my dad was nine years old. They barely had a pot to piss in or a window to throw it out of at the time. But, you know, through hard work and everything and good choices, you know, my dad built a very good life for himself and then taught me how to do the same. And I, 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 
I go to I can go to sleep just fine knowing that nobody in my family history on either side ever owned a single slave or had anything to do with it. So no, I don't owe you a goddamn thing. I owe nobody anything. And um I don't feel bad for saying that. But um you know, and, and another thing that this is kind of related, but kind of not, that, that's really getting to me right now. As many of you may know, unfortunately, I am a lifelong Washington Redskins fan. Um, did you ever have that cousin or maybe a, a brother or sibling or or family friend that when you were a kid, you know, they were older than you and you kind of wanted to be like them and emulate them and copy them and whatever they liked, you you liked and wanted to like or whatever. Well, that was the kind of same, same situation with my cousin. You know, I look, he's, he's uh, about nine years, eight, eight years older than me. And when uh, we would go up to Virginia, he, lived, he was from Virginia, closer to D.C. Virginia doesn't have a football team. North Carolina didn't at the time. Uh, we didn't have the Panthers yet. But he uh, he was a Redskins fan, and so he was all the time telling me to you know say HTTR, you know, and, and you know hail to the Redskins and all this stuff. And so, and unfortunately, because I still cuss him today for making me a Redskins fan, because we've we've literally sucked ass my entire life. Um, but nonetheless, I've been a Redskins fan, and um, now because of all this shit, you have such momentum from the left and you know whoever drives these agendas to where gigantic gigantic corporations kowtow okay well if you're not familiar with redskins football dan snyder is the owner of the Washington Redskins. Now, Dan Snyder is probably one of the least productive and least appealing owners in the NFL because he runs the franchise like it's a fantasy, his own fantasy football team, which, hey, he's got the right to do it. He, he owns them. He owns the team, so he can do that. But that's not what a good owner does. A good owner puts people in place that know more about football than he does to run his football program as far as what happens on the field, right? Well, he's not been one of those. He's been the ones that made sure the coach knew their place. And we have all, us Redskins fans have all complained about it. And the one good thing up until this year, this year he hired Ron Rivera, which I mean, I love the Panthers too. And uh, Ron Rivera, in my opinion, is the best coach, the best person that coaches. I think he's an amazing person, um, and a great, you know, almost equally great coach. Um, when we, when they got, when he got fired from the Carolina Panthers. I meet the day of, I was like hitting every Redskins organization I could on social media, like please hire Ron Rivera. He just got fired, please hire him, and he did, not because of me, but he just so happened to have hired Ron Rivera. And he's kind of turned a new leaf, like, hey, we're gonna, I'm gonna let this guy actually run the fucking show here for once, which is good news as well. Um, so he's been making good decisions by the firings and hirings he's done this past off season. But the other, the main, other main thing about Dan that I've always respected is when any time that this whole name change thing has come up in the past. He says, as long as I own the franchise, it will forever remain the Washington Redskins. Okay. Um, and I have respected that. Uh, now you've got Nike, who has pulled every piece of Washington Redskins memorabilia, whether it said Redskins or not, whether it, even if it's just said Washington football or something, they've pulled it. Okay. You've got his. Other two minority investors, so he owns 60%, and the, these, the other two guys own a collective 40%. They have said, change the name, and they're also actively trying to sell their port, their shares of the Redskins. Uh, FedEx, who owns the rights to the name of the stadium, FedEx Field, um, they are saying, change the name. 
Everybody is telling him to change the name, and he's undoubtedly going to fail or succumb. He's going to do it. Now, that's sad because whether people like it or not, there are red. the term redskin is not a racial slur. It's not a slur. Okay? It's because it's got the word skin in the name and it has a color does not make it bad. Okay? It's not. Um, and the other sad fact is, I know this for a fact, that there are gigantic portions of the Native American community who, even if they don't, they're not fans of the Washington Redskins football franchise, they're a fan of the Washington of the Washington football franchise, the club being named the Redskins because they look at it as a term uh, or, you know, they see the logo. Basically, I've heard them say that really that's all they have left is sports teams, the Braves, the Cleveland Indians, the Kansas City Chiefs, you know, the Washington Redskins. That's what they have as they look at it with pride. Okay. And I'm not saying that there aren't Native Americans. They're mostly the more woke ones um, that, you know, take, of course, take offense to any imagery um, of Native Americans, no matter the name. Hence, the Cleveland Indians are going to be dropping their name. Um, and it. That's it's gonna happen, okay? Here's where I fall on it. The majority of the people that have a problem with it, mind you, this is probably one percent of less less than one percent of the population that are the loudest ones about it. But the large percentage of that small percentage are fucking white as the driven snow. Plain and simple. The loudest people about it are fucking white. You don't have a say so in it. And if you're not, I feel like if you're not a fan of the franchise, you don't have to say so in it. Really. And m most of these people are not fans of the franchise. Um, and they just want to use this momentum to throw weight around and, and to gain more steam and power. Look at what we've done. We've changed the name of the most historic, and if one of the most historic, if not the most historic, franchise uh, teams in the NFL. Um. And it's sad. It, it, it hurts me. And, and the way I feel about it is if the team's name was the Washington Blueberries, and that's what it always has been, okay, and somebody who's allergic to blueberries had a problem with that, I would be equally passionate about it. It's not the fact about it being the Redskins. It's a fact of the the majority catering to the vast minority and the pressure put on a franchise to do something like that or an organization to do something like that. Um, so I have made a decision as soon as it's official, I'm basically done with NFL football. You know, I mean, I guess it's, it was kind of coming anyway with the direction. A lot of the other crap was going to NFL, but this is the, the this is the straw that broke the camel's back for me. I'm not gonna make some public display on YouTube or Facebook of me burning Redskins shit. I'm not doing that. I'm just gonna continue living my life without the Redskins in it. And that's you know that's my right to do so. And there's people who say, well, that's just stupid. It means you're not a fan of the team. No, it means I don't want to support an entity that behaves in such a manner where they kowtow to something. Look, another thing about it, the way to look at it, if it was the Washington N-words, do you think there'd be any African-American people that were fans of the franchise? I would suspect not, and, and rightfully so. It would be absolutely egregious. But let's, for the sake of the example, why are there so many Native American and other minority um, groups, fans of this franchise is supposedly so racist and egregious. Um, I'm a Redskins fan, so I know this. I 
don't know. I don't have any stats or anything, but it is pretty apparent that there's actually more minority members, you know, racial minority members that are fans of this franchise than there are white people fans of this franchise. If that's the if if it's so racist, why is that a fact? Now, maybe it's because of demographic of where the location of the team is. Maybe it's a more rural area, not rural, it more urban area, and everything. And that's you know kind of way it is instead of you know maybe something like Denver, you know, or I, I mean I don't know. I, hell, I feel like most football franchises are in urban areas just because of you know their facility and everything you don't really see them out in the middle of nowhere but you know it is what it it is what it is um i just i, I hate seeing it i mean i've got you know employees that are they're african-american and they're been, them being cowboy fans and they think this is absolutely absurd changing the name um and they hate the redskins simply because they're cowboy fans so isn't it, isn't it pretty funny that the white guy in the situation is fans of the minority mascot, mascot, mascot and team, and the two minority guys are, friend, are are fans of the Cowboys? Who I mean, just think about that whole dynamic between Washington and Dallas. It's not because one's in Washington and one's in Dallas. No, it's because they're both in, they were strategically put in the NFC East, and it's the Cowboys versus the Indians. And my cracker ass is pulling for the Indians to win every damn time. The Redskins to win every time. But it, it's just a sad state of affairs, and it is what it is. Um, but, you know, I, I listened to also today, I listened to uh, the Redskins Talk podcast, and it was, of course, the, the main subject of the matter. And the host of the podcast, he's uh, 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 J.P. Finley. He is a... Um, a reporter also covers the Redskins. That's all he does is Redskins football. And he's talked about how when they went to, they travel with the team, when they went to Seattle last year, you know, walking into the stadium, they saw uh, Native Americans that were Seattle fans. And they were all in Seattle Seahawks gear, but they had necklaces with the Washington Redskins logo on it. And JP stopped and asked him, he was like, wait a minute, like this is weird. I mean, you're a Seahawks fan. Why are you wearing a Redskins logo? He says, because on the reservation where we live, there's people who make these necklaces and sell them. And we wear them, we buy them because we like the fact that we're represented and on something that's as historical as what the Washington Redskins are. This is coming out of a Native American's mouth that lives on a fucking reservation. Okay? Um, I think they have a little bit of authority in the subject. Not to mention other people that, that JP has talked to. The, the one guy in particular is a Chippewa in, uh, Indian. And he talks about how it's he's the one who mentioned that it's the only thing we have left is sports teams that represent us. And they're trying to take that away now. So then there'll be, you know, nothing remembering us. We'll just be like a forgotten part of history, basically, is what he was getting at. And that's sad and as well, because, I mean, you want to hear some good history is, you know, the uh, um, Comanche Indians were some badass sons of bitches. Those motherfuckers were badass. And I, I you know, revered I've got about a foot's worth of Cherokee blood in me, but I don't claim to, I don't identify as a Native American like, uh, fucking Elizabeth Warren does fucking cunt. Um, but you know, I've, I'm just fascinated by, you know, Native American history and culture and everything. I, I really enjoy it and I revere it. I think, you know, that there, there's a lot to be said with their lifestyle and the way they lived and how, you know, kind of what happiness might have looked like, you know, instead of this hustle and bustle world and you go back in time and, you know, it was, it was really cool. I mean, and I hate that there was ever real strife between the settler and them, but that's history. You can't do anything about it. Um, but I don't know. I don't know if, if I want to go any further in this cause I'm probably boring all of you guys. Um, 
something else. Some a little change up of the subject. Uh, I got. I don't know if y'all saw the picture on Instagram and the Facebook page, but I got my new V3 upgrade kit for the um, my FX120 scale and auto throw and trickler. Man, that is worth the penny and the weight because I waited like four or five months to get it from the time I ordered it. But holy shit. I put this bitch together. Oh, and a was a DNA custom engravings. They gave me the lid. I bought them the, uh, their lid for the scale that the auto throw sits on. Dude, that thing is badass. It looks cool and it's very functional. It's got places to hold your funnel, other things, and they've got even they've got the trickler lid and a um, uh, cool lid for the hopper. Um, on the auto throw and man this thing is badass i absolutely love it so i'm excited about loading on that it's a lot quieter it's faster there's less spills and the biggest thing to me is i can change the charge weights via my cell phone um so if you are in the if you're if you're thinking about upgrading or if you're thinking about getting if you don't have one yet a scale yet one of these and you're looking at dropping some coin i think the kit like to start like the v3 the whole v3 kit you know scale auto throw everything um i think it's running like 1100 um i'm not mistaken if i'm not mistaken it's about 1100 but either way the kit if you have one of the v2 or whatever do yourself a favor and order the kit to, to upgrade um it is it is well worth it i love it um what else do i want to talk about oh also something pretty cool um for 2021 we are putting together a big rock fishing tur uh, marlin tournament team we'll be on jeff's boat it will be yours truly jeff at the helm josh coons from patriot valley arms um and possibly Jim O'Shaughnessy from Prime, um, and maybe one other person. Uh, yeah, we'll, I mean, we'll, we'll get a mate, like a really experienced mate when it comes to blue marlin fishing, and, and we're going to go give it a go. It may just be for a bucket list thing to say you fish the tournament, or, you know, who knows. A 35-foot center console that had never even laid eyes on a marlin, that didn't even pay his entry fee, that someone paid for it, um as a gift their entry fee they won it this year they didn't win the big money because they didn't pay you have to if you don't know how it works and i think I, yeah we talked about it me and jeff talked about it on our truck cast on the way up to pig river but um you have to pay per like classification to be eligible for x amount of money and they won like two hundred some thousand dollars but the second place boat the second biggest fish won the over a million dollars so we're gonna pay and and do the whole shebang we, we've done the math we got to pay twenty eight thousand five hundred to enter this tournament and we're gonna do it and um hey if that dude on that boat could who's never even seen a marlin before if he can win the damn thing and bring the biggest fish in who's to say we can't so the odds are not in our favor but it is possible so i think it would be pretty cool be team patriot prime on the yippee kaye is the name of uh just boat the yippee kaye so it'll be cool i'm excited about that um so i got about a year to save up for it um Let's see. I, I mean, I, I've got a couple of things I think I'll just say for another time. I'm already about an hour in this, a little over an hour. So, sorry I don't have a whole lot for you guys. It's not a real big episode. Just some things that have been on my mind and some things that I wanted to touch on. Um, the next podcast will either be with Jacob Bynum or Scott Whitehead or my wife. Yes, I have decided to do a podcast with my wife per your request. Um, uh, was there, oh yeah, something else I did want to touch on real quick. So I don't know if I mentioned this before, but a few weeks ago, Jacob Bynum hit me up and let me know that, uh, on September 1st, they're doing a big podcast collective podcast. Um, uh, I guess it's going to be a live podcast maybe, but he, it, the way it sat was going to be obvious. It's about the assassin's way match it's going to be obviously jacob 
maybe a competitor or a cadre or two. Uh, Frank Galley, Kalen Wojcik, Phil Vallejo, and he invited me, wanted me to be on it. Now, I don't know what I, I don't even know if I've even mentioned this to you guys on another episode or not. So if I have, sorry, if I haven't, here's what it is. Uh, yeah, so I will be on that podcast with them. And uh, I don't know what I'm going to contribute when I'm sitting there with, you know, a instruction god and then a bunch of former scout snipers who are all also instructors and then people competing in a $25,000 match. But I will be happy to drink beer and make dick jokes. So I'm pretty good at that. So September 1st, mark it down. I think, like I said, I think it's going to be a Facebook live thing or I don't know how we're going to do it. I just know via text that Jacob wanted me to be a part of it, which I was very much honored and I'm really excited about it. Um, you might not hear me a whole lot cause I'm going to, I'm going to be kind of like listening like you are uh, with a hot microphone. Um, but, uh, it'd be pretty cool. So mark that down on your calendars and anytime, anytime I get any updates on that, I might, um, uh, I'll I'll give an update on on an episode. Actually, my wife just walked in. I'm an hour in, so you're too late to get on this one. Oh man. So. I think they might want to hear from me at this point. Well, they probably do. I just before you walked up here, I mentioned that my next episode will either be with Sky Whitehead, Jacob Byam, or you. Not sure. I'm pretty sure listeners pick me. You think they want to hear from you over probably the greatest instructor in precision rifle and also another good competitor definitely i have a feeling confident i have a different perspective how many <laughs> how many drinks have you had um i've had about three-fourths of a bottle over a period okay so she's feeling herself people <laughs> she's definitely feeling herself and uh but it we will make it happen and i'm sure we will make it entertaining for you guys if you i tell you what if you have any specific questions, so I've already asked you guys if y'all wanted to have her on. If you have any specific questions you want me to ask my wife or topics you want us to cover, feel free to comment in the comment section or on Instagram. And I will, uh, I'll do it. Maybe we'd, to my own dismay. We'd, we'd be happy to answer your questions. Yeah, so. Anyway, guys, appreciate it, signing off here. And I will... Catch y'all on the flip.